Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Welcome to the Deceptively Fast Podcast. I'm Seth Payne. Today I've got my friend Drew Hodgden. And we actually start off, because I had never asked Drew about this, just about his experience at Arizona State and the current Herm Edwards experience. Then we move on to some comments that Tom Brady had made about the... I don't know, the wimpification of the NFL, I suppose, and whether or not we agree with him, or if we agree with him but think maybe he's a little bit of a hypocrite for having the opinion that he does. And also, we, we somehow we ended up on uh, the Black Death, the, the, the plague, the great mortality of the 1300s. It's all, it's all relevant. It all ties back to football somehow. Trust me. Hey, leave a five-star review, subscribe on iTunes or wherever else you download your podcasts, and enjoy the show. I feel irresponsible that I haven't asked you out of Herm Edwards once in the last two years, <laughs> three years. How many years has it been now? Is it two or three years? I, th- I think it's his third year. Is he still, though? Is he or it might be his fourth. It might be his fourth if COVID he, was his second. Is but, he yeah. better than what you expected? Well, so when it, <laughs> it's funny because when, when it started out, I thought it was a horrendous idea. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like horrible. Right. I mean, it just it felt like 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 a stunt hire. That's what I you're thought, just trying too. To, yeah, you're getting like the biggest name possible that's out there. He was attached to the NFL, so why not put him in there? And the guy like hasn't actually seen modern football, especially I thought it was a rough fit based on what his experience looked like in New York to go to the Pac-12, mm-hmm. which is just such a strange, innovative, offensive kind of conference. I was like, there's nothing in his repertoire history that looks like he's going to be able to pull that off in the Pac-12. So I thought it was just going to be a bloodbath. But what he did do well initially is he hired really awesome assistant coaches. Right. Like he had those two, he had the offensive coordinator and the defensive coordinator, both who have moved on to bigger, better places and have done great. And it worked out. They, they exceeded expectations the first you know, a couple of years for the most part, but he can't recruit, which is the most shocking thing about it. Yeah. I thought that's what he would be good at. Yeah, I actually figured, same. I figured he would be good at recruiting, but he obviously had zero clue about like the actual regulations or anything. I thought, totally. that he, I thought that he would accidentally violate like 20 different rules. Um, and that yeah. it, but that he'd be a good, especially for college. Cause I figured he'd be a good motivator. Well, I just figure it's, I mean, look at all these college kids. You just think, at least at the time, maybe he's not relevant as much now, but I, yeah. a lot of those guys, Herm Edwards walks into your parents' living room, 
you know, I feel like at that point you have a 50, 50 chance of getting just about anybody to commit. Yeah. I mean, ASU is a pretty easy place to go. So, yeah, I mean, we'll see. <laughs> I think they're going to be a tough, t- the conference in general is looking, I'm pretty, other than UCLA, the pretty sad situation in the Pac-12. What, uh, what was your recruiting trip like when you were a student? I don't want to, don't, don't get anybody in trouble. But. No, not at all. The, the, I think the irony is that, you know, you say you go to ASU and the immediate reaction every single time is, oh, but you got into some trouble there. Yeah. But that was a good time. You know, it's like instant and it's yeah. brutal. But that, what was funny is that because I took a trip to USC, a couple other places, and my trip to USC was by far and away just the most over the top, scandalous, he got game kind of experience. Yeah. And ASU was a lot of why I wanted to go there was because, you know, it was Bruce Snyder was the coach, but he was, it was a very normal run of the mill kind of experience that I was like, this is a place that I can actually survive and, and go to school and actually do something, you know, which is uh, of course ironic because of the reputation ASU has. Right. But I guess as far as just academically and uh, all that other stuff, you just felt comfortable. Yeah. I mean, it was the, the, the guys that hosted me were very normal yeah. salt of the earth kind of dudes. Whereas like at USC, you know, I mean, they like took us to Lakers games. We were going out downtown. I mean, it was like, there was the, the booze was free flowing. I mean, there was, you know, narcotics all over the place. It was just really, like, it was a bit, it was a bit much for me. No yeah. kidding. It was, uh, oh, yeah. it was almost like, was it, it was like, usually you figure, okay, things are exaggerated for the sake of Hollywood or just urban legends or anything, but you probably, did you get there and you're like, oh my gosh, it really is like this at USC. Like this is, uh, this is like something you'd see in a movie or a TV show. Oh yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Yeah. No and kidding. you know, who was the, the, my liaison was, uh, Ed Ogeron who's oh, at, was uh, it? at LSU. Oh yeah. boy. He, he was a guy. Yeah. And I, you, I couldn't you could understand have been his Joe Burrow, man. You could have been his Joe Burrow. Oh, could I know. Have been, I really missed him. opportunity. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I would have won a couple national titles, probably gotten drafted sooner, but yeah, you know, so, it's, that was the difference. So speaking of Ed Orgeron and Joe Burrow and, and you know, like nobody's gotten more credit without doing a thing in the last 24 hours than <laughs> Joe Burrow and Joe Brady. Because right. everybody, totally. I, saw, I woke up this morning yeah. and I didn't watch the rest of the game last night. I just, I figured LSU was losing and I wake up this morning and all <laughs> like my timeline just happened to be all this like, wow, Joe Burrow really doesn't get enough credit for that 2019 season. No, he sure doesn't. He doesn't get <laughs> enough credit by getting drafted. Basically, you know, number one overall. And, people in uh, people yeah. in Carolina are just besides themselves because they they figure, wow, Joe Brady's going to turn Sam uh, Sam Darnold into the next Joe Burrow somehow, even though Joe Burrow hasn't done anything in the NFL. Right. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, I think he got he got the exact right amount of credit. I think is what happened there. That's where uh, it was fine. Do you think LSU is done for? I mean, is it just a matter of just a, a, a yeah, I think well, it's, I mean, you go for how, like, how much time do you buy? How much time do you get after winning a national championship in modern college football these days and then going five and five in a COVID season? And then if it goes if it goes poorly again this year, I mean, maybe Chip Kelly is just that good. Maybe UCLA has just figured it all out. It's really interesting. I mean, he he's Ogeron at LSU. It's such a good case study because he's so beloved by the fan base and by people there. And he's such like a personality. Yeah. But it's, it's overwhelming. I feel like that buys you a couple losses of, of padding, you know, just in and of itself. Well, uh, yeah. I mean, less, less, I'm, I'm, uh, I'm part of me surprised still that less miles is gone, but it was, 
he put he, up a yeah, fight same. on his way out, you know, for those same reasons. He did. Yeah. And that, well, it's because at the end of the day, they just figured that in the conference like that, as ugly as it is, is brutal. I mean, they're still consistently relevant and their defense is just so dominant just because of the guys that they're constantly bringing in. And it seems like Ed could replicate that. He could yeah. probably do the same thing. And they did have a better offense. I mean, they had a better offense under, you know, most of the uh, coordinators they had there when he was there. So after Les left. So I don't know if I'll be able to play this audio or not, because I have to abide by the rules of my my organizations, which means I need to get written permission from the, the people that put out Tom Brady talking about how basically he gave his old man take that, uh, you know, the illegal hits are over the top and football isn't played the way it's meant to be played. And and he made some really good points about how <clears throat> modern quarterbacks are they're throwing the ball in places that used to be impossible to throw to in the NFL because you would have gotten your receiver killed. Like the classic, you know what we, I, it, uh, we did used to say a lot more like, Oh my gosh, he's going to get his receiver killed. But now, now guys kind of just lob the ball up over the middle and the, the, the penalty or the tax isn't nearly as much as it used to be. So, so Brady was saying that these young quarterbacks are getting away with playing fundamentally unsound football. I think like, I think he got all the popularity points that he should get for having that take. But at the same time, my, I've got two thoughts. One is, all right, well, is it really fundamentally unsound if you can get away with it these days? And the second one was that, you know, Tom Brady's been operating since the year 2008 when the NFL clarified and made more severe the penalties for low hits on quarterbacks because Tom Brady got hit low <laughs> and, and they call that part that when they changed it after the 2008 season, that's the Tom Brady rule. So oh, yeah. I, I don't know, man, I, I, I feel like a little bit of this was Tom just trying to look hard. Yes. I mean, I think that he's probably perpetually like a hardo in that yeah. way. Uh, there's no doubt, but he, they, and on top of the, the, complete lack of awareness and the irony that he not only benefited from that rule, but the tuck rule, which was also another ridiculous situation. The Patriots personally benefited from. That's true. So, but at, least they, yeah. at least they hadn't changed the rule. They enforced it for the first time. Anybody could ever remember against Tom Brady, but that was before Brady was the <laughs> beloved, yeah. you know, face of the league that he is, that he became after the he, rule game. I don't know. I remember it being, I mean, I, Specifically, I remember watching that, and it seemed like they had decided to create a legend in the moment. <laughs> is what so? it is what it felt like. Yeah, for totally unbiased at the time. Was that I the was first? Like, was that their first uh, Super Bowl or their second one? That was their first one, right? Yeah, it was the two thousand one AFC divisional in, round. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. No, I mean, I, yeah. I mean, the first one that he would go to. So correct. Yeah. The, the thing about that is that you know they weren't even. I mean, he wasn't even guaranteed to be the starting quarterback going into that game or I guess Belichick knew going into the Super Bowl that it was going to be Brady but there was some controversy over whether it should be Brady or Bledsoe yeah yeah blast from the past but I mean I think what's interesting I I think if you take what he was saying to its furthest conclusion at least the way that I interpret is it wasn't even just about the ball placement and defenders not you, you know being able to instill that kind of threat or fear into the receivers to keep them honest it was also I feel like you see quarterbacks now, they're throwing the ball specifically in ways and in places to draw penalties, to incite that kind of reaction oh, from the refs. Yeah. Knowing that, and he's saying like, you know, it's fundamentally, unsa- it's it's a bunch of BS. Like you're it's, creating, 
it's almost like it's it's no different than to me, like in the NBA, where you have guys you're not creating or in soccer situations where they're incentivized to try to play for the foul instead oh, of, you and know, and have, that's, you know that, that's one thing. It's always in football. I do enjoy if somebody gets shoved after the play and the guy flops. I kind of enjoy that. The receivers because it's just funny. Um, but the receivers accentuating contact has yeah. become a real thing. Yeah, yeah. That's like, a new thing. That's that's in the last like few years where it's it, become a. It's it. There's melodrama. Except in the that game now, now it's it's fun to watch because as infuriating as it is, they also now have to be careful that they don't get flagged by a spotter. So it's like they got to they got to accentuate the contact, but also not look hurt, hurt afterwards, because then they're going to have to go do a concussion test. Oh, interesting. Yeah. yeah, I didn't think about that, dude. Yeah, that's true. Hey, I met I met a guy who's a spotter once and he swore me to secrecy. I can't say which team he spotted for or anything like <laughs> that. But uh, the, the big thing that he wanted to impart to me was, <laughs> Seth, dude. I have no medical training. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Yes. He's like, that is not surprising. I was like, well, what happened? Uh, There was a specific instance. I was like, well, what happened in that game? He's like, yeah, I know. That was the one. I'm pretty good. I think I'm pretty good at my job, even though I don't have any medical training, but I really pay attention. That was a week I was gone for a bachelor party, and they just had some guy fill in for me and my buddy. And uh, and then that's when that guy got that's when the guy got hit, and it wasn't flagged right away or he wasn't uh, there was no there was no alert <sighs> on this guy yeah so that's um i <laughs> it's one of how, those how so how surprised were you though really <laughs> not much at not all. at all the, the nfl well, is so all. weird about yeah. being a, a multi multi-billion dollar revenue organization they cut corners in the weirdest places totally it's, it's so what? strange why why are you <laughs> doing that it's like it's <laughs> Like, oh, my gosh, it's like it's like a massive oil company. Just like, well, you know what? I mean, maybe we just maybe we won't plug up the holes in that tanker. It's just so expensive. <laughs> it's a Suez it's canal. It's so expensive. Suez you know? canal people. Yeah. yeah. We make it wider. Nah, <laughs> it's just so it's too costly. Uh, got it. Got it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Uh, but I guess I, that's on the players association too. Uh, there, there are some things here where it's easy to blame the NFL, but you got to say, well, all right, it's on the players association is as far as, as far as what Tom Brady is saying, I do respect that Brady Brady is a guy who I think he's old school and that he does feel it's his responsibility to not get his receivers killed. Like he just, he's and he's so good at his right. ball placement and everything that he can do it. But it's probably hard because, in a way, he sees guys that are thrown in, and he's these other guys are gonna get their receivers injured, but they're yeah. gonna get away with it for a lot longer, and, and like to the point where I could see what he's saying, where like, look, this is fundamentally unsound, but guys are getting away with it because they can throw that way for an entire season, and maybe their slot receiver doesn't get hurt, but at some point you're going to have to pay the piper. And so like he's, so he's trying to watch out for his guys. And, and, and it's, yeah, it's one of these paradoxical things where by enforcing the rule more strictly and creating that rule, you almost invite opportunities for it to happen more often because got the balls are just going to be out there more often. Yeah. It's, it's completely, a, I think it's one of those things where they've created. Yeah. The, the, the conditions for more, has it more, been, more often it's going to happen, just like you said. Have defensive backs gotten better at it than you thought they would be, though, like with the targeting? 
I think they adjusted probably about as quickly as I would have expected. You know, I mean, it's, I think a lot of people were shocked that it didn't happen faster or it was the alternative and they thought they'll never be able to figure it out. I mean, it's, you know, they're phenomenal athletes, the best on the planet. They're going to figure out relatively soon, especially when competition comes into play and you realize that when you make those mistakes, you're hurting your team. What's, what's kind of, you know, what I think will be more interesting long-term or who are these people that are going to end up wanting to even play those positions? I don't understand. Like what? I, I just always thought, I mean, what is even the benefit of all you get? It's only downside, I feel like, really. It's <laughs> playing such a receiver? No, of playing defensive back. Oh, oh or, defensive or playing, back. You know, over the middle. I mean, it's just yeah. like, it's such a thankless job at this point. Especially. You don't even really have, like, the, the benefit of, you know, doing anything exciting. I think a lot of safeties, maybe this is wrong, because now I'm, I, I was about to say, I think a lot of safeties are guys that maybe otherwise would have been running backs, but maybe now are saying like, yeah, but why bother? Um, but that's not really the case. I think that the, the better if you're like Emmett Smith told us this once in an interview, he said, look, you got to any little league or youth football camp or anything. And all the kids want to be the running back or the quarterback. Like that's right. just what they, you want to be the guy with the ball in your hands. Mm-hmm. So I think there's that, um, yeah, because I was about to say maybe those guys, maybe running backs, will just go start playing safety and uh, and defensive back. But I don't know. Uh, as far as safety goes, I mean, where else other place is there? It's like it's a it's the new linebacker, right? If you're an inside linebacker or anybody else, I what's the alternative? Go play football or play baseball? That's, a, that's yeah. A whole, I get, well, so, I, Drew, do you know how rich you have to be to make it as a baseball player these days? <laughs> You got to go to like travel league. You either got to be dirt poor in Latin America and get signed when you're 14, or you got to be pretty damn middle, upper middle class and go on travel league all year long. And you got to make, you got to make that decision long before you, you realize like, Oh wow. Safety's no fun anymore. Cause I can't hit nobody. And then you have to have like a pitching coach and a batting coach. And yeah, yeah, that's fine. Yeah. I didn't realize it wasn't the, uh, the, the plebeian sport anymore. Hey, you asked me a question that I, you know, I guess maybe at one point I should have asked myself this before I just started doing it, but it was about using emojis at work um, because of it, what, it used to be frowned upon. Like you actually read an article that said that it was frowned upon to use emojis at work. And now I feel like it's, especially during the pandemic, everybody got super casual and comfortable with the emojis, didn't they? Yeah, the, the I feel like the entire uh, culture around how we communicate and engage with each other, the lines have become so blurred between our home life, our work life, our social life. And then also you have all these apps. I mean, a lot of people are using like they use Slack or they use something else. They use Teams when they're at work, so they're communicating. So you slide right into the normal routine of sending like you always do where you're sending me eggplants, you're sending me peaches, you're sending me all those things. <laughs> they don't even have the eggplants And it just anymore. happens so Shut well, up. they should. Well, they should. Uh, agree to disagree. <laughs> What's peaches supposed to be, a butt? Yeah. Oh, okay. Come on. Can you do Can you do different skin tone peaches? <laughs> that's, a, that's That would be very meta. Because I, I think the implied, yeah. I think the peach is implied to be probably like a like a white butt, right? A white girl butt, yeah. Or oh, it's no, just like, figured... or it's a, or it's a piece of fruit, and it's going by shape, Seth, and not <laughs> ethnicity. Which uh, I guess those two obviously would get you flagged for sexual harassment. Like uh, sometimes I'll accidentally send the wrong emoji because your frequently used ones are all up there. So sometimes I'll send my uh, I'll send my wife like the the crying laughing one when it's actually the quizzical one eyebrow raised uh, skeptical look 
but like if I were frequently using the what is it? The peach emoji or something? If you accidentally send a peach emoji to your boss, there's no taking that back. You're no. either you're either going to have sex with her or you're getting fired. Like, that's it. No. Or you're saying I've been baking a lot and made this cobbler. You have you. to go to you have to go in court. And now you got to like go full on. <laughs> have you um, about it? I use the thumbs up emoji a lot with work when people when people text me or something. They ask yeah, me I do the something. shorthand. I do the shorthand on those. I do. I would. I don't want to say never. I don't know that I would ever do it with that with someone outside the organization professionally. Oh, that like, seems... uh, OK, somebody, a client or something. Yeah. You wouldn't even do a thumbs up emoji. What are we doing like via text, not via email? No oh, chance. OK. Oh, I yeah. Like I don't think I've ever. The... Well, plus the, the email emojis are kind of weird. Yeah, they're not. They're not. The dimensions aren't right. They look like old Soviet emojis or something. But they had emojis <laughs> during the Soviet Union. Right. It's like a little yeah. too blocky and weird. Hey, hey, I was reading this book about the Black Death. The, uh, <laughs> the, the Got plague. It. Some, some light reading. The plague yeah. of the 1300s. I, I mean, it's, it's very apropos. I like uh, that. Listen, though, it's crazy. Uh, yeah, because this was written before this current pandemic we're in. And it does. There's part of me that... <laughs> There's part of me that I'm reading this book about the plague where like some cities lost 50 to 60 percent. At the time, they claimed like 80 percent. But I, I think most historians are skeptical of the 80 percent of some cities. But right. but 50 percent is reasonable in some of these cities that they lost like 50, like 50 percent of their citizens. And um, one of the big reasons, obviously, was just basic hygiene. But they yeah. so the plague, I didn't realize the plague uh, exists still. The bubonic plague still does. And that they've had little minor outbreaks of, oh, they, it wasn't the plague during the Soviet war in Afghanistan, but a, a lot of other diseases like public health type diseases. And they're saying that these Soviet soldiers change their underwear on average once every three months. And that like guys that worked in food service wouldn't wash their hands after they dropped the deuce, all this stuff in that so that. You were just so much more likely. Remember in the Civil War, like where you're more likely to lose, uh, die because of dysentery than right. uh, than than enemy fire. It was like way even worse than that. Like it just uh, these these guys were diseased all over the place. And they just what, what the era is this? When is this? This was like the Soviet War in Afghanistan in the what, the 1980s. Yeah, yeah, this wasn't even that long ago. So they just weren't supplying them with underwear. Is that what was going on? They just literally were short no, I, of the kind of know. supplies they need to do that. Or I got the are you that saying the Soviet that Soviets sold- are dirty and filthy and you're implying? Well, that they Soviet soldiers to- back then, that was in. Uh, right. Yeah, they're not. So there's no Soviets exist anymore. I'm not saying anything about any like particular, you know, country or ethnicity or anything. But yeah, those. So, soldiers- what was the con- what was the condition that they that was resulting from that, though? They weren't getting the plague. They were getting like when- cholera and typhoid oh, wow. and all these other things. Yeah. So. Um, but it but it was funny, though, too, is as much as people are fighting right now, it made me feel a little bit better about how polarized everything is right now, because in a lot of these Italian city states and like in these French, I guess they weren't city states at the time in the 1300s, but everything was a little bit more tribal back then, you know, yeah. um, like everything was more close knit within these cities mayhem just complete mm-hmm. loss of order in some places other places kept it together and figured it out like i guess venice was really good like this author is bragging about how venice was so good 
at people abiding by uh, what the authorities were saying, and they separated everybody, and uh, they still lost 60% of their citizens. So I don't know. <laughs> like, it was almost, it was all for naught. Because they would, uh, these ships, these ships would be out there floating on the Mediterranean, desperate to get into a port. And people knew that there was something going on. They didn't know that it was uh, the, the, the Black Death yet, as of, you know, they were in the middle of it. But they knew that something was going on. But every now and then, uh, a ship would sneak through somehow. Sailors would get off and boom, that's it. It's like something out of a cartoon. Like people are dying within days all over the place, you know? Right. Well, think yeah. about the, the additional risk associated with all those things when you just, they don't have the instant communication. Right. They just have no way to instantly tell oh. you not uh, to pull into port, not to, you know, and so there is no quarantine at that point. They don't know where it's happening or they find it and they can't yeah. communicate quickly enough to someone else in another part of the city. So just yeah, spreads. And then um, a big, very popular back then was to, uh, you know, they had all kinds of theories about whether like there was one theory that there was, was some gas that left the eyes of the people that were like, they thought that somebody that had the plague, if they just stared at you, there was a gas that left their eyes <laughs> and got you sick because it was just so contagious. There right. were stories of like a, a couple pigs would find a shirt in the street and start sniffing at it and tear it apart a little bit. And then within an hour, they were both dying on the like writhing on the ground, dying. Um, and then the other the other popular explanation. Jews, uh, very, very ugly time. Very, Always. very, very, yep. very ugly go. time for Christianity. Hey, where, the, yeah. yeah, that train that train's never late. Oh, my God. God. Yeah, that was uh, that, like somehow, some way they figured out in Switzerland, of all places, they started this yeah. theory that, you know, one of these grand Jewish conspiracy theories that there were like these very specific people that that were sending out satchels of plague poison to Jews in various wow. cities and the Jews were distributing it. So, yeah, it was uh, that was ugly. Then there were oh man, it was just. So this has made you this is reinstilled maybe a minor sense of faith in humanity coming out of our current polarizing era. It does. It, it does. does a, it That's does good. a little bit. But I'll it also it. I, I also, though, I've also seen some parts of our society today where I'm like, gosh, you know, a lot of social media has almost turned into a medieval rumor pool or a, a middle ages rumor pool where yeah. everything like you can say stuff and people will believe it. And all of a sudden they might even, t the only thing that's helped helps and it's different now is that it's, I don't think people are as likely to actually take action because they're stuck on their computers. Like they're just as, as much as, um, is as much as we've seen some things take action like I, I i don't know i don't know i was it's, like i was like i'm 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 trying to follow you down this one but <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm seeing I'm, other events that I'm are trying i'm trying to be opt i'm trying to be optimistic yeah it was yeah. A now in a lot of these cities it was like parents killing children right you know everybody abandoning other people uh, each other not just and, and part of that's just the fear of the contagion you know um but yeah the actual <sighs> I mean, this was some of it was just logistically impossible to have a government because they were talking about like there, there was a mad rush to get your but will it, done. It died out, though. Right. right. That was essentially how it, it did. I haven't got well, there. I haven't gotten to that part yet. I assume oh, I assume sorry. we made I, it I out I of the play. It. But uh, it <laughs> yeah, it's been 700 mm. years. I'm pretty sure we mm. got out of it. Mm. Uh, uh, well, yeah. It, after a while, there's kind of a critical mass of of like number of people for it to be an epidemic 
with the right. plague because it's also it, it requires the if I anybody feel free to correct me on this. If I'm if I'm completely wrong, people associate it with rats, even though it's not the rats specifically, it's the fleas that are on the rats. So when there's a lot of people and a lot of refuse and poor sanitation, the rats are all over the place like crazy. So the fleas get spread real quickly and then right. and then boom. But OK, so basically Tom Brady is responsible for the plague. Yeah. He also uh, in this interview also said that he had COVID, I guess, right after the Super Bowl, right after the right after the parade. Uh, did he really? Yeah, I missed yeah. that part. He got COVID right up. Well, yeah, it wouldn't have been. Uh, I mean, it, 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 that's what he. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He had it right after the parade. So. Oh, wow. All right, man. Um, I will. Uh, let's let's do something during the week this week so you can catch me up on college football. Nice. I like it. That'd be good. Hey, everyone. Boomer Esiason here. The NFL draft is behind us and your favorite team is now gearing up for week number one. The free Odyssey app puts you right in the middle of the pro football conversation with the biggest sports radio stations from across the country. The local voices who know your team the best, giving you their unfiltered takes on the current state of your squad. It's always football season right here on the free Odyssey app. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law.